0: And now, The Jack Riccardi Show. All right, thank you, Tom. Good afternoon. Welcome to Monday, everybody. Uh, 407 on 550 and 1071. KTSA, hope you had a good weekend. Um, it was a very exciting weekend um, because we we all thought there was going to be a coup in Russia. And, uh, you know, you don't get that just every weekend. So, um, But we'll talk about that. First, I didn't know this, but I guess people are getting fed up with... Um, this thing CPS Energy is doing, I get these calls, and I don't really remember how I got onto this or into this. I must have signed up for it. Obviously, I did. I opted in, I guess. But CPS does these um robocalls um, where, I guess, if you're in this program, they tell you that it's a heat advisory day, which, look, at this point, every day is a heat advisory day. But they tell you it's a peak demand, heat advisory, code yellow, something kind of day, and... Uh, please reduce your usage in the afternoon between 4 and 7. And um, and then they they tell you during the last peak demand day, whenever that was, your home was ranked such and such out of 100 similar homes. I do pretty well. I'm not bragging. I, I, I'm usually in like a, around 50. I don't know what 100 similar homes is. I, you know, I don't know how... If that, is that like in my neighborhood, or is that all over the city? or I, I don't know. Anyway, um, people are getting fed up. According to mySA.com, people don't like the calls and think that it's wrong for CPS Energy to rank people and say someone is better than someone else. And then other people are complaining that there's no uh, prize if you if you are one of the better houses. Shouldn't you get a discount or a T-shirt or something? I would never have thought of that. I would never have thought of that. I I can't do anything. I don't know what you can really do about energy conservation when it's 105 degrees out. I mean, you you have to be able to stand it, right? If you're home, you have to be able to be able to bear it. If you're not home, I guess you've got to, You don't want to turn it up too high, and then it 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 lags when you get home or your dog passes out or something. So I don't know. Is anybody else bothered by these? I don't. This is not a problem on my radar, but apparently people are upset with the demand day. Phone calls from CPS Energy. I think you opt into it, and so you probably could just opt out of it if you don't like it. And I do like the idea of of prizes. They should consider that. I would be up for that. Um, the, uh, obviously, big story this weekend. The uh, San Antonio Police Department responded to a woman having a uh, a mental health crisis. Uh, this was on Old Pearsall Road, and she was at an apartment complex And uh, when the police arrived, the fire department had responded to someone cutting uh, cables or wires on a fire alarm system. And the police were called, and the police show up, and she goes into her apartment, apparently. And the police try to talk to her. And um, at some point, this goes wrong, and they wind up shooting her. And the police chief has fired the three officers, and they're being charged by the district attorney with murder. Uh, as a result of that encounter. And the family of this uh, woman, her name is Melissa Perez, was on Good Morning America, and they've got a lawyer, and they are calling for systemic change throughout the department. And I would never second-guess the grief of a family in a situation like this. I I can't imagine what they're going through, and and obviously nobody thinks, no one thinks that this incident should have ended with this lady being dead. Um, but do do you notice how everything that goes wrong in police work immediately triggers calls for systemic changes in police work? Now, I, I, I'm pretty sure I'm right about this. Um, there have always been um, mental health distress calls or domestic violence calls. You know the kinds of things that seem to be the most difficult and and apt to go wrong, that that's always been a part of police work. And it, whether they find that these officers were not trained properly or didn't follow their training or they committed homicide or they were justifiable, I don't know yet. I don't, I can't judge it. I wasn't there. We don't have nearly enough information, although, again, we can all, I think, agree that nobody wanted it to end this way. But it's very interesting to me that we have to change everything about policing when something like this happens. Yet we don't have to change everything about journalism when they totally get the uh, Trump-Russia collusion story wrong or the the, the myriad things that, that are reported wrong and have to be retracted all the time. It's only police work that has to be completely systematically redone. So we don't have to change politics when a politician is a crook. We don't have to change journalism when a journalist is, is biased or in the tank or or just gets it wrong. Um, I, I, I'm not following the leap. Like, I, I get that you would charge police officers with murder if you believe they committed murder, but I don't know what that imports for all the other men and women in law enforcement, that you would say, oh, well, systematic, we've got to change everything, and that's what they're saying. And they're also, uh, I guess the city councilman, Jalen McKee Rodriguez, is saying we wouldn't have had these charges if we hadn't passed Prop B a couple of years ago. So he he's basically saying we're the ones that are making the police be accountable. Um, McManus has been the chief for a long time. I, I don't feel like he changed it all after Prop B, but we can talk about that, 210-599-5555. I don't really know what the hell happened in Russia this weekend. Does anybody know what happened? I mean, I, I, mean, I know what has been reported. I, I don't think we really know what happened because... Before we get into the the specifics, just bear in mind that there isn't anything right now. There isn't anything right now in the news more um, weighted down with people's agendas than reporting on the Russia-Ukraine war. Just about everybody, just about every news organization, just about every commentator, just about every think tank, just, just about everybody has already formed teams and tribes and that whole thing, that whole thing that's going on between Ukraine and Russia, to me is very, very hazy. I'm I'm not as clear as they want me to be about who the good guys are and who the bad guys are, and who this one is and that one is, and this happened and that happened, and Russia's losing and Ukraine is almost has almost beaten them, and I I I am I take it all with a grain of salt. I feel like we are being um, manipulated and and worked on in this whole thing and there's factions in our political class that seem to want a war with russia now i i i think putin is a horrible uh dictator but i i, I don't think a war with russia should be high on our priority list uh, obviously if we were attacked by russia that would be one thing but Um, the people that are cheerleading to widen this war and put Ukraine in NATO or the EU and let's get at it, let's do it, and let's send nuclear, tactical nuclear weapons to Ukraine. These are people that are clearly, uh, they clearly have an agenda. And Ukraine is just the way to get what they want. I don't think they really care about Ukraine. In fact, I I think probably very few people in this whole discussion outside of the Ukrainians actually genuinely care about Ukraine. But we've been lied to a lot. We've been lied to about what's going on over there. We've been lied to about uh, both sides. We've been lied to about the where the actual fighting stands and who has the upper hand. And you know, obviously, it's gone on now much longer than people thought it would. So, at the I think at the very least, you could say that the reporting has been fast and loose. But I would go even further and say it's been fraught with agendas. Having said all that, this guy Pergosin, who runs a basically a mercenary military organization called Wagner Group, or should we say Wagner? <laughs> they were saying Wagner on NPR, but I think that's the composer. I don't know. Anyway, I'll just say Wagner because I'm a ignorant American. Um, and the deal is that when Russia started this, they were using this company and its units... Um, kind of the way private military outfits and contractors are being used all over the world. We're using them. We used them in Afghanistan and Iraq. So um, at some point, this guy Purgosin was an ally of Putin. He worked for Putin. He was a a close aide to Putin, like a personal aide. And then... He he got this organization, ran, started running this organization, and we're gonna to talk to Jed Babin about it, but um, at some point as the fighting went on, Prigozhin has become uh, outspoken in saying that the Russian leadership is basically leading the soldiers to slaughter, mismanaging the war, and so he says we decided to mutiny and what I was getting on my phone, the alerts I was getting on my phone Saturday sounded like an attempted coup, like the the Wagner forces were marching on Moscow, like they were just outside Moscow. I got alerts at one point that Putin had gone into hiding or had gone into some kind of, I guess, their version of, like, the Situation Room or maybe something else. And um, this was, you know, rapidly escalating and then we all of a sudden heard that uh the president of, of uh, Belarusia, uh which is a Putin ally negotiated some kind of um like truce and this Purgosin will now have sanctuary in uh in his country uh it's it's a mystery why Purgosin stood down but it's also a mystery as to what he was trying to accomplish. I'm not sure that we should be sure that this was a coup attempt. It's very different when you're saying I'm leading a protest against the war from saying I'm I'm trying to replace the, the head of the government or I'm trying to decapitate the government. So we're going to talk about this, but... I just think it's very, take everything with a grain of salt because you're being, you're being gamed, you're being manipulated. The Democrats have suddenly become this, you know what, the Democrats have become Dick Cheney. The Democrats have essentially become Dick Cheney when it comes to Ukraine every every bit of weaponry, let's give them everything we can get, let's send everything, let's send long-range weapons that can penetrate deep into Russia, which would seem to have nothing to do with defending Ukraine. Let's send Ukraine everything. I, I, I get the feeling that this is your military-industrial complex uh, coming home to roost yet again. And so, therefore, what I discovered was most useful this weekend was Twitter. I, I know that sounds crazy, but... I, I really didn't feel like I could trust Fox or CNN or or the, 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 the legacy media, but there were a lot of very interesting people with what seemed to be inside information, and again, not all of it was was 100%, but as I was perusing these Twitter feeds, I, I could name some of them, there were a number of them, I would see people that I respect, like Greg Gutfeld or... Uh, Tucker Carlson or, um, you know, various columnists. And so apparently a lot of people are getting what they know from Twitter. I think that's interesting. I mean, I'm old enough to remember when you went right to a CNN or Fox for breaking news. That was the authoritative source. Continuing coverage, correspondence on the scene, experts on the panel, and i don 't i don 't feel like you can do that anymore i don 't know where they i, I don 't know where their head is at i don 't know what they 're up to, but keeping you know john q public informed doesn 't seem to be it so your thoughts on that two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five what happened we 're going to talk about that um we're going to talk about uh, Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and uh, the campaigns and a lot of stuff to get into. We've got Congressman Chip Roy, who is on the border today with Ron DeSantis. He's going to check in with us in about 15 minutes. So we'll hear from him. As I mentioned, Jed Babin is going to be with us uh, to talk about this whole thing with Russia and Ukraine and what he thinks is going on over there. And phone lines open for you. We're going to start with you, 210-599-5555, 210 599 Fifty-five, fifty-five. To get started, we get a look at KTSA Time Traffic.
1: Hey, it's Trey Ware. Join me tomorrow morning at 5 for news, weather, traffic, and some fun stuff, too, on 550 KTSA and FM 1071. A summertime, and the living is easy. Fish
2: are jumping, don't you
0: know, my darling, I, I said it right now. KTSA News 5425. 425. Join the show at 210 599 It's our uh, final week. We're wrapping up Operation Interdependence with Kitchen Designs by Giovanni. You can help us help uh, provide care packages for our troops deployed around the world. Just go to KTSA.com. Give right there. You can make a financial donation to Operation Interdependence right there. Or you can find out how you can round up some of the items that go into those care packages. And all of our sponsors our drop-off locations. It's sponsored by Kitchen Design by Giovanni and in part by the Institute for Functional Health, Southwest Metal Roofing Systems, Airtron, Window World, Specs, and River City Rock Tops. All the details at KTSA.com. I've got a woman I I am hooked up with on Twitter. I I guess I follow her, Uh, Saira Rao. She's one of those people that tried a lot of different things. She's been a lawyer and, and she's been on television and she's been an author and she's a political activist and but where she really made it was she became an anti racist. That's been her niche. And she tweeted out on Saturday Attention white people So you know I I had to keep reading. White people, for the love of Gwyneth Paltrow, please stop approaching black and brown people at the grocery store Assuming we work there, it is racist and exhausting. You literally cannot see us as anything but in service to you. And we are not. Wow. Syra. I think it's Syra. Sarah? Sarah. Syra. What is the matter with you're at the store and somebody thinks you work at the store and asks you where... To find, you know, such and such. How is, that, how is that racist and exhausting? I mean, doesn't it feel good when you know the answer and you can help somebody? Like I love, I love giving directions. If I know the answer, I love giving it. I feel good about that. Well, you you That's because you're a white male. But it's racist and exhausting for the rest of us. If I wear a red shirt to Target, I am guaranteed you get asked for directions somewhere i must just look like i know and i guess i go to the store enough that i usually do know so the other thing though about this that's that's interesting what when you say what she's saying you are basically saying that you don't want to be mistaken for one of these little people you don't want to be mistaken for someone who merely works at the store you know that's the thing about the anti-racist racism is horrible but anti-racism is horrid it 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 never fails to show its true face its true colors if you will so what she's really saying is don't mistake me for one of the little people i'm 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 too important to, to tell you which aisle the meat tenderizer is in or which aisle the you know the uh <laughs> the hand sanitizer is in or whatever it is. I can't I can't be bothered with that. Well, you know that is somebody's job. And you know, so what? Are are, are you saying that they deserve the menial task of giving people directions and knowing which aisle has which product or what part of the store. I mean, is, is that basically it? It seems to me that what she's saying is um, it, it really offends her that people don't know she's important. We got a lot of this during COVID. Remember remember the um, the sort of love-hate relationship that these uh, branch Covidians had with, with the service industry, with working class people, you know, it was selfish to go to work, it was selfish to be wanting to show up, it was selfish to be working in person, how dare, but then at the same time, people like Sarah Rao wanted to order groceries at home and have meals delivered, and who do you think does that, and how do you think that happens? The, The working class people that you look down on are the people that kept all that working, kept all that running when everything else was, when people were supposed to be locked in. And I'm getting a strong whiff of that here. Like, so what if you don't work at the store? Just say, I'm sorry, I don't work here. Or if you know the answer, just give it. Oh, no, I'm an important anti-racist. I can't do that. Tell me what you think. 210-599-5555. You can also vote in today's JR poll, powered by River City Oral Surgery. Congressman Chip Roy is with Ron DeSantis today. He's with us coming up in a few minutes on 550 and... 1071 KTSA. If you have a car to sell, if there's a car in your family that maybe someone has given up driving or you're downsizing the number of vehicles, or or maybe in your business you are no longer using this van or this pickup or whatever it might be, get cash for it from GiveMeTheVin.com. It is easy. It's the easiest thing you're going to do all day today. Put this on your to-do list and then just do it. Go to GiveMeTheVin.com. Upload the VIN number, a few photos, quickly get an offer on that vehicle, market-based offer. If you like it, say yes. They will bring the check to you and drive the vehicle away from wherever it is parked. They don't sell vehicles. They're not going to try to trade with you. They're not going to try to get you into something else. All they do at GiveMeTheVin.com is buy. They buy aggressively. They buy all over the country. They buy all kinds of vehicles. Go to GiveMeTheVin.com.
1: At home. anywhere. Anywhere. In the car. Anytime, anytime, everywhere. Get the Jack Riccardi Show wherever you get your favorite podcasts.
0: KTSA News Time 435. Dan and Marion writes to Jack at KTSA.com. The citizen journalist has been far more honest and accurate for several years. I agree. It's been very interesting getting these perspectives on Twitter uh, about what's going on with uh, Russia and the events around Putin this weekend. And I don't think we have the whole story. I don't think we're getting the whole story. And I think a lot of what traditional media are reporting is, is uh, flavored and uh, shaped to the, uh, the, their narrative. Uh, so it's not really news reporting. It's not really breaking news. It's really just like reinforcing the theory uh, or the viewpoint that, that that particular outlet is championing. And a lot of them are championing a wider war. They want a NATO war uh, with uh, with Russia. And I don't think that's what you want or I want. But somebody wants it pretty badly. Um, 436 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. The Ron DeSantis campaign has a new ad out uh, on the border. It basically says we're going to do the things that Trump promised. We're going to get them done. Uh, He was on the border today, and our next guest was with him. Congressman Chip Roy is on the ktsa Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker line. Congressman, uh, good afternoon. Welcome back to the show.
3: Jack, good to be on. hope you're doing well.
0: Uh, Thank you. I am, and I hope you are as well. Tell me a little bit about the time you spent with uh, Governor DeSantis today and, and what you all saw.
3: Sure. Yeah. I mean, look, I went down to uh, the border. I like to do that, you know, every couple of months if I can. And uh, we've had a long seven week stretch up in D.C., but was able to go down and see a lot of my friends, ranchers, uh, sheriffs, uh, you know, some of the moms affected, unfortunately, from losses involving fentanyl, some of the angel moms, uh, local, you know, politicians down in South Texas and just catch up with him about the state of affairs, what's going on. And Governor DeSantis joined, and it was great for him to get a bird's-eye view. He's already been helpful sending over National Guard uh, uh, troops, sending over uh, troopers from their law enforcement personnel. Uh, He's already been, obviously, sending up busloads to Martha's Vineyard in Sacramento. So he's already been a leader. They had a great legislative session. But he got to see uh, firsthand the impact. i got to tell you, the moment of the day was when in the town hall, Governor DeSantis, there was a mom there, raised her hand, talking about losing her son to Fendel. And he goes, I know there's others here. And a mom raised her hand, and another mom raised her hand, and another mom raised her hand. And I didn't get the final count, but there was, you know, seven, eight, nine, ten moms there. And they'd all come in because they wanted to share their stories. So um, he wanted to see the real impact on real victims in Texas and then put forward a plan to stop it.
0: Mm. This is an issue very closely associated with Donald Trump. What, what gives you confidence that uh, Governor DeSantis would have a better uh, result?
3: Well, look, we all applaud uh, that President Trump took on the establishment, wanted to build the wall, built chunks of the wall. Uh, we want to finish the job, and, and Governor DeSantis has got an impressive track record in Florida, had a Category 4 hurricane blow through rebuild a road in three days, had causeways destroyed, rebuilt them within a month, Uh, had extreme success with his legislature getting bills through like E-Verify, like uh, tougher penalties on human traffickers, on smugglers, uh, banning the use of documents, and driver's licenses, and so forth in Florida. Uh, He's done a great job. And so I think, you know, what you see out of that kind of leadership is hope that on day one when he says he'll come in and declare a national emergency and he'll fight for us, that will actually do it. He's been delivering it, by the way. After sending people to Martha's Vineyard, uh, he won 62% of the Hispanic vote. The second mm-hmm. great moment of this town hall was when a Hispanic gentleman, a veteran of the Navy, which, of course, um, Ron DeSantis is a veteran of the Navy, so they share you know, their mutual appreciation. Well, that, that Hispanic veteran has three – of his four children serving in our military, Army. I think he had somebody at Fort Sam Houston. I don't remember where the other one was stationed. But he said, Governor, I'm tired of us having these social welfare benefits being provided to all of these folks coming here illegally. That's not what I fought for. This was an Hispanic American male with four kids, three serving in the military. Uh, people are getting sick and tired of this, and Hispanic Americans, particularly in Texas, are tired of being a bumper sticker for Democrats to uh, campaign on, and, uh, you know, things continue to change and evolve in South Texas.
0: You know, the, the media likes to cover polls. They think polls are news, and I guess because they conduct them and they pay a lot of money for them, but uh, they keep playing up the fact that Donald Trump's lead has grown since his indictment. What is your reaction to that? that? In other words, the Republicans are even more with him now than they were before his indictment.
3: Well, what I would say is that the American people are reacting like I'm reacting to the frustration of a two-tier justice system. Or when I had Durham in front of the House Judiciary Committee last week and my frustration or what you were leading into here and talking about what we're seeing with say for example the irs whistleblowers and what we're seeing with the department of justice everybody's frustrated but that being said uh the fact is people are looking at what they want to see happen in 2024 the votes that matter are the ones that occur in iowa that occur in new hampshire that occur in south carolina the votes that matter are the ones that occur in a primary we got a long ways to go it's june And the fact is, there are a lot of polls that show uh, Governor Ron DeSantis faring well and even better against Mm -hmm. Democrat opponents like Joe Biden than would President Trump. I Mm -hmm. like Ron DeSantis. He's a friend. You can take to the bank that will do what he says he will do. His track record is impressive. So nobody should be afraid of a little competition. I get mm-hmm. really amused at some of the former president's supporters getting all wound out, wound up. If, if Ron DeSantis is such a you know, unformidable opponent, then what the hell are you worried about? I think mm-hmm. you know what the truth mm-hmm. is.
0: Yeah. Uh, we're talking with Congressman Chip Roy on KTSA. The speaker said yesterday that he would be open to an impeachment inquiry on Merrick Garland. If the whistleblower allegations, Mr. Shapley or Shapley, are true, how do you feel about that?
3: Well, you know, as a former prosecutor, I need to reserve judgment to at least look at some of the, the documents and, and authenticate. For example, we've got that WhatsApp allegation that was a message allegedly between, you know, Hunter Biden and, and somebody in China. And I, anyway, I'm trying to understand all those details. But what we know for almost sure, certainly have strong allegations, is that you've got the... The whistleblowers, who were saying, wait a second, the, you know, United States attorney in Delaware wanted to try to be aggressive on the investigation, and the Justice Department was pushing back. Now, I think some people are saying there's some contrary indication. Um, I Look, I think there's a lot of uh, real concerns here. Like, I've seen firsthand uh, Merrick Garland, you know, wasting uh, resources, focusing on making domestic terrorists out of people like Scott Smith or working with the National School Board to do it. Uh, You know, they're clearly not working to uh, advance the interests of justice. We saw this unfold now looking back retrospectively in the FBI uh, with what we saw, uh, you know, in the Durham presentation uh, just uh, last week. They lied to FISA. So now you've got Merrick Garland and I'm going, all right, well, what what did you do? What didn't you do? And if if the Mm -hmm. speaker has been talking to, uh, you know, Chairman Jordan and they've looked at the evidence, they think there's real concerns about this whistleblower testimony, then we sure as heck ought to at least inquire into what the attorney general knew or didn't know.
0: Yeah. I mean, I don't don't know how often you hear this. I would imagine it's a lot. But we've gone from a country where people see a, a, a solid system with a scandal here and a scandal there it's starting to look like the system itself is rotten like we're we're you know we have rotten politicians we have rotten law enforcement and 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 so forth protecting those politicians we have rotten uh media covering for politicians the whole thing is starting to look just riddled uh and and it's and it's overwhelming i mean you you don't know who to believe about any of this
3: well, that's I think a cause of concern for all of us, right? I mean, most Americans want to believe that, you know, we're going to follow the rule of law and that the people And when that starts to break down, then the American people lose faith. So that's why I think it's so critically important that we focus on this. It's not even really political. At the end of the day, I try to keep my eyes focused on what's going to be the most impactful for the American people, right? We got to get the price of goods down, inflation down. We got to secure the border. We got to make sure our military's strong. We got to stop this woke garbage destroying our military and our institutions. But if you can't trust the rule of law, then you've lost everything because the rule of law is why yeah. people come here. That's, yeah. why, that's why people seek to live in the United States. And so you've got to restore the rule of law or we're going to lose the republic. So that's why these questions matter.
0: Yeah. Congressman, thanks for checking in from the border. We always appreciate uh, the time with you. Thanks for coming on today.
3: Thanks, Jack. God bless. Take care.
0: All right. Congressman Chip Roy with us on the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line. I want to read this. This was a, a tweet from uh, a guy named Tom Elliott who uh, founded a thing called Grabian, which uh, I used to prep the show. And it's kind of a Twitter string about what I was just asking Chip Roy about. Um, He says, we're living through one of the worst, if not the worst, periods of political scandals and institutional rot in American history. He says, an IRS probe into the Biden's money laundering payments from hostile nations, the normal outcome of which would have ended his candidacy in 2020, was instead given a stand-down order The FBI and the IRS wanted to search Biden's house in September 2020, but were given a stand-down order. The FBI authenticated Hunter's laptop a year before the New York Post first reported on its contents. Rather than use the laptop's documentation of myriad felonies to initiate criminal investigations, the FBI hatched a plot to warn social media companies that it was part of a hack-and-leak operation. It was Russian disinformation the FBI used its 2016 Russian collusion probe, which the Durham report now shows us was fabricated and they knew it was, to rationalize the warnings about Russia in the 2020 election. So, hey, this laptop might be more of that Russian disinformation that we knew was a lie. Uh, Then he says the FBI also conducted an influence operation with various reporters at major newspapers to convince them That forthcoming damaging reporting about Biden that they knew was true was in fact not. So they basically got reporters to not do their job, to not run with what they had. When the FBI told Twitter and Facebook a Russian disinformation campaign was coming, they had already concluded Russia wasn't trying to game the election. He says the FBI, uh, the uh, CIA, in collusion with the Biden campaign, seeded disinformation, claiming the laptop was itself Russian disinformation. Uh, briefed senators with this same misinformation when the story broke mere weeks before the election, one that polling later indicated would have altered enough Democratic votes to send Trump to a second term. And then again in December 20, after the operation's success and Biden's victory, the FBI agents working at and with Twitter openly celebrated the outcome. FBI subsequently paying Twitter $3.5 million for the staff hours expended on their influence operations. And he goes on to say that even at the time Trump was being impeached for asking Ukraine to investigate Biden's corruption, the FBI and the IRS already knew that indeed the Bidens were receiving and laundering money uh, from Burisma. So when you look at all this, in the old days, a scandal or the allegation of corruption against a politician was a blight on, a, on the system, right? It was like a bruise on the apple. And now what he's saying and what I'm saying is, I, th- I think the whole apple is, has kind of gone bad. Uh, what do you do with that? What do you do about that? How do you feel about that? 210 599 Your votes in the JR poll, your calls about all this. We've been talking about the border and the CPS calls and the SAPD shooting and Russia and Ukraine and 210-599-5555. And right here, a look at the ride home.
1: When do you listen to 550 KTSA and FM 1071?
4: As soon as I uh, get up in the morning.
1: A morning of news and information starts a great day. Traffic reports. The national and local news. Sports. Weather. The KTSA Morning News with Trey Ware at 5 a.m. Makes my morning. Followed by Ware and Rima at 7. Only on News Talk 550 KTSA
0: and FM 1071. I got to play this for you. Before we go to the phones, um, Peter Schweitzer, who we've been on the show many times before, he's written the books about how in bed politicians in both parties are and how owned they are, you know, how much money they've taken and how much that has to do with the positions they take. Anyway, he was telling a story to Maria Bartiromo on Fox Business Network about uh, Joe Biden and a private cell phone. You got to hear this. Cut number one.
4: Peter, you broke a lot of this years ago uh, about the Biden family influence peddling, and you've got new information this morning, uh, breaking news on a cell phone that Joe Biden was using. Tell us about that.
5: Uh, Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. What is the line of communications between Hunter Biden and his business partners and Joe Biden when he's vice president of the United States? It's not the government phone. It's not Joe Biden's personal phone. We know from the laptop that... Hunter Biden's business paid for a private phone line that Joe Biden used while he was vice president. It was from AT&T. It was $300 a month. It was a global phone where you could access somebody anywhere around the world. Uh, we shared that phone number and that account information with people at the House Oversight Committee. My hope is that, that they haven't already, they will subpoena those records because I think it will give an indication on how tight the communication was. Uh, and that may be the phone for example that the Ukrainian the Burisma executive might have used yeah. uh, in this allegation uh that he talked to Joe Biden in re- recorded conversations I'm going to play more of
0: that uh, coming up next hour but uh that is that is fascinating um you, you think of all the all the free stuff that you would get for being president vice president you get all this all this sophisticated scrambled encrypted electronics it looks very bad that you are using some kind of private you know, side piece, and what's up with that? And obviously, if you're doing that, um, and now we have these allegations, we got to we got to know about that phone. Uh, I hope they're I hope they're onto it. I, I do wonder. Uh, James is on KTSa. James, good afternoon. Yeah, good
3: afternoon. You'd ask what we think of uh, all the scandals and all. I I just think there should be a lot of people going to jail, and I just don't understand why there's not.
0: You don't understand why there's not. Can't, can't you see why there isn't? I mean, did, have you been following what's going on with the FBI and Merrick Garland? I I have, but... I mean, know, who's going to put him in jail, James? I mean, I can't do it and you can't do it. The people that are supposed to do it aren't doing it.
3: Well, not, but look at the prosecutor up in New York. He he, he indicted uh, President, ex-President Trump. And so why is it there not a prosecutor someplace else going after these people?
0: I, I think the pro, I think the problem is, let's say that Merrick Garland caves in and, and names a special prosecutor, uh, for, um, the Hunter business dealings, the Hunter and Joe business dealings. Now that person has to use the Department of Justice resources and the FBI as their investigators. I think James hung up on me. I was going to try to answer the question, James. How do you investigate? when you have to use investigators that are working for or under the thumb of compromised people like i have no doubt there are people in the fbi who are good at it who are sharp who would be like a you know a bloodhound but if their bosses are calling them off standing them down putting fences around them then they they're not going to get the facts or get to the bottom of it and and so that's where i think we have a problem we we can all see that there are people right out in broad daylight getting away with just the fact that so many politicians retire, multimillionaires, yet never made more than 150, 200,000 dollars a year while they were in office. You know, we, we know there is corruption, but there's also corruption in the places that are supposed to, and maybe traditionally did investigate the corruption. We'll talk about this some more after the news on KTSA. Now back to the Jack Riccardi show. All right, Tom, thank you. 507 on 550 and 1071 KTSA. Um, I want to play this for you. This is an example of why I'm, I'm bellyaching about, uh, we can't get a straight story on what's really going on with Russia and Ukraine. I watched, uh, some of, uh, or I saw a clip, I should say, of, uh, Senator Amy Klobuchar, uh, who uh was talking about how she had gone over to ukraine on a junket and the people are so appreciative of all the u.s weaponry listen to this cut number four
6: is there something that the u.s should be doing right now given the chaos in russia to help ukraine seize this moment
0: the
4: u.s has shown unprecedented leadership here when i was there um, with senator rob portman uh, we were hearing at the embassy about how babies were being named HIMAR uh, because of the weapons we've supplied.
0: Heimar. is a weapons system. They're, they're naming the babies after our weapons systems. I don't, I don't know how to take that seriously. I don't know how to take a lot of these people seriously. The Democrats have suddenly become uh, in love. Remember, the Democratic Party was the party that used to say the Pentagon should have a bake sale and we should... And now they can't think of anything in our arsenal they don't want to give Ukraine. And in the meantime, trying to figure out over the weekend what is going on with this mutiny or uprising against Putin. So I thought, let's get Jed Babin on, former deputy undersecretary of defense in the Bush 41 administration, prolific columnist, author, commentator, thinker. And um, he has not named any of his children after any weapons systems uh, to join us on the KTSA Connecticut Quality Water Softeners Newsmaker Line. Um, Yeah, I I, I don't know. I, I feel, Jed, like everyone that's trying to report on the events in Russia this weekend has their own agenda for why they are saying what they're saying. And I'm not even sure, do we even really know what actually just happened there?
7: Well, we can have a pretty good guess, Jack, and it's absolutely just fun. I mean, it is just delicious watching the Russians eat each other. Uh, but, you know, what happens now is what really is important. What you saw uh, in Russia over the weekend was probably not what they call uh which is basically uh, a military exercise in which nothing is, is, is as it appears to be. Nothing is true. I think there really was a coup attempt of some sort. Uh, But I think what really happened here, you know, don't forget, Prigozhin was not one of the Siloviki. He was not one of the KGB veterans that populates the government with Putin. So I'm betting, and I I don't know this, I can't prove it, but what I'm betting is that somebody from the intelligence community in Russia called Prigozhin and said, okay, well, you keep going with this. We're going to kill your wife. We're going to kill your kids. We're going to Mm -hmm. kill your brothers and sisters. Mm -hmm. And then we'll see if your parents are still alive. Uh, And that probably turned them right around. I'm betting that's what happened because that's typical Mm -hmm. for Russia. And Mm -hmm. it's just again, it's, it's just kind of delicious watching them eat each other.
0: Well, I mean, don't get me wrong. Um, I, I thought we were gonna have an incredible weekend of television. I thought we were gonna have uh, you know, nonstop uh tank battles on the outskirts of Moscow and all this stuff. So I I you know, I got my hopes up like we all did, but but I'm I'm trying to remember that there is a lot of agenda setting and filtering uh going on between there and here, uh, particularly with our politicians, our news networks. So take us back. Th- this guy, Prigozhin was at one time close to Putin, and this uh, mercenary company that he runs was part of Putin's um, offensive into Ukraine, right?
7: Absolutely, going back to Crimea. I mean, they made up a large number of the, <clears throat> pardon me, so-called little green men, um, you know, the un, uh, unlabeled soldiers. They were in uniform, but they were not wearing any insignia, they're not wearing mm-hmm. any rank, and they were used to take over the Crimea. Uh, and now they've been used. I think Prigozhin at one point said he had 50,000 troops in Ukraine. And he's been feuding with Sergei Shoigu, the defense minister, and Gerasimov, the head general. Uh, and he's basically been accusing them of starving the Wagner Group of mm-hmm. ammunition and so forth. And, you know, even uh, I think at some point they exchanged fire uh, between the Wagner Group and the Russian forces uh, sometime this weekend. So it's been building for a long, long time. Uh, I wrote back in March that uh, Putin was really susceptible to a coup attempt by Prigozhin, And, you know, it's just it's the kind of thing that you'd expect in Russia because they haven't met their military objectives. The Siloviki, the government around Putin and the army and the intelligence community, they're all angry about the results in Ukraine, which there aren't many. Uh, but right now, I think, you know, a lot of people are saying, yeah, maybe Zelensky ought to get off his butt and really <clears throat> throw everything he has into the fight uh, against the Russian forces. And now would be a really good time to try See, I
0: don't, right there. I, I got let me let me stop you because I don't understand what that means. Mm-hmm. Aren't they aren't they already throwing everything they have into the fight? Are you are you saying that that Ukraine was taking a breather?
7: No, they're not taking a breather, but I think they're not all in as well. Uh, as I've seen, and, you know, I, I can only gather what I see in the news. I'm not privy to any secrets anymore. But what I see in the news is they're basically probing attacks. They're going, you know, perhaps in strength and perhaps not. They're going in various areas down in the Donbass region. Uh, and they're trying. They're trying to uproot some of the Russians. But the Russians have been digging in for a year. And they're not budging. So I don't think re- Ukraine has really put everything they have into it yet. And to get to the question you raised earlier, uh, you know, the Democrats are saying, oh, yeah, we need to send everything over there except for the things the Ukrainians really need. Don't forget, Biden back in March said, "Uh uh-uh, no MiG-29s from Poland. Uh, Now they're really just getting around to saying, well, maybe after a year and a half, we'll get them to train on some F-16s. What the Ukrainians have needed from day one is a large number of combat aircraft. And with those, they could have probably won the war already because I expected initially <clears throat> that Russia would establish air supremacy over Ukraine. They've never done that. They've taken huge losses in their aircraft and, and armored vehicles as a result. Uh, but I don't think that we have given Ukraine, Ukrainians everything yeah. they need, far less everything they want.
0: Well, I know we've talked about this before uh, and refresh my memory. I, a lot of us have Deep misgivings uh, we, we we have no we have no issue with bad stuff happening to Putin. We have deep misgivings about the Ukrainian government, the corruption of it the the eventual disposition of all this stuff we 're giving them we We have a long history in this country you know jed of of having to wind up facing our own scrap metal coming at us from the Japanese or having to face our own fighters being flown against us by the uh, Iranians or whoever so Um, You can understand why people would legitimately say, wait a minute, do we really need to be sending everything to them?
7: Well, I understand that, and certainly Ukraine is corrupt. I mean, hell, Chicago is corrupt. Washington, D.C. is corrupt. Uh, You know, there's going to be a level of corruption in any government anywhere. Maybe it's a lot higher in Ukraine, but I haven't seen that proven yet. And really, the real issue here to me is the Ukrainians are burning up the Russian army. They're decimating it or even going farther than that, you know they're killing an awful lot of Russians. Why is that not in our interest?
0: Mm. Well, let me ask you this i'll answer a question with a question like they do at the white House um, <laughs> <it> is <laughs> they don't get an like that at the white house I, I I learned that from them um, isn't all of this uh causing us to take our eye off China, and is that maybe why China is so enthused about uh, uh, backing this deal because a, a lot of people who casually follow the news think that Russia is our prime, pri- you know, primary um, adversary, and I think you would would say no. Uh, China is definitely the most dangerous country we're facing in the world, right?
7: Well, I think that's right, and I think also that Iran is enormously dangerous. Don't forget, Biden is still, even now, trying to cozy up to Iran and get a new nuclear weapons agreement, but mm. he doesn't want to have it in writing. Because the law now says after the 2015 debacle with the Obama agreement, the law now says that any agreement, any written agreement with Iran has to be submitted to Congress for a review for 30 days. And Biden is now saying, oh, well, we're not going to have a written agreement. We're just going to give them some relief from sanctions. And it's going to be an unwritten agreement. So I don't have to send it to Congress where it'll be turned down. Now, this is very dangerous. I think he is appeasing China. In any number of ways, you can talk about. Yeah. Uh, and are we being distracted really big extremely time, extremely
0: though? I mean, aren't we just are, are we aren't we spending an inordinate amount of time on the wrong thing?
7: Absolutely, and we do this every presidential election cycle. Jack, our degree of solipsism is increased every single day that we get closer to November of twenty twenty four, and you know the the urge to cover nothing but the presidential election is is bound to capture the media because it's easy you know it's easy to go chase after the latest trump indictment or the latest idiot statement from biden or you know what desantis is saying or tim scott or whatever it's just easy reporters are basically lazy you know they just want to do what they want to do and get away with whatever is going to be passing the editor so yeah i mean we're sunk into our own little corner here worried about the 2024 election, when there's a lot more stuff going on in the world, and a lot of it's yeah. pretty important.
0: Yeah, well, I, I, I just, I, I, don't, I don't see Amy Klobuchar's of the world doing interviews about China, <laughs> but they, they can't <laughs> say enough about the babies being named HIMARS in Ukraine. Um, back to this uh, plot just for a second before we have to let you go. Um, sure. Is there any possibility that this is not over yet?
7: Well, I think it's a remote possibility. I mean, the Wagner troops are supposed to be swallowed into the Soviet ar- the Russian army, excuse me, not, not that there's much difference. Uh, and, you know, Prigozhin is now saying, oh, yeah, I'm going to let them go ahead and do that. Uh, and they're trying to disband the Wagner group, eat it all up into the Russian army. And, you know, that's not going to change much insofar as Ukraine goes. I think it will take away what little is left of Prigozhin's power. Frankly, I'd be surprised if Prigozhin lived out July.
0: Hmm. Yeah, somebody said it needs to stay away from open windows, right?
7: <laughs> well, not for a lot of reasons, not the least of which is a bullet could come in one
0: Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well they seem to they seem to fall out of a lot of windows in that country. So yeah, um Jed, always that? always great to have you and thank you for thinking out loud with us as you always do. What is the next column about and where will it uh, where will it be?
7: Um, I think it's about Biden appeasing Iran and China and it should be in the Washington Times in the next few days.
0: Great, Jed. Thank you so much. Uh, 519 you. on San Antonio's News Talk Station, 550 and 1071 KTSA. You can join the show. You can jump in here, 210-599-5555. We're going to get a check of KTSA Time Saver traffic. And, you know, as we uh, move through the summer and we do all the stuff we've been looking forward to doing all year, this might also be a good time to do something you, you weren't looking forward to all year. But this might be a, an ideal time. If for your kids or even for you, just to get something taken care of, like wisdom teeth or dental implants, you know you have you have maybe a little bit of extra freedom, a little bit of extra maneuverability to to recover and rest up and then get back at it again and at River City oral surgery, they're ready to uh take care of those things with upfront pricing and free market medicine and then get you back to the greatest summer of your life. When you go to rivercityoms.com, you find out about a uh, just a terrific guy, a board-certified oral surgeon and medical doctor named Dr. Mark Havercorn, and this practice he's built. When I say free market medicine, what that means is the prices for all the services that you can receive are listed on the website, rivercityoms.com, and that means you know what you're paying, and you know you're not getting surprise bills later on. So the best of care, a state-of-the-art surgical center, no price surprises. Gotta love that. Dr. Mark Havercorn, River City Oral Surgery. Go to RiverCityOMS.com to find out more. RiverCityOMS.com.
1: Hey, it's Trey Ware. Tomorrow morning at five, we'll have all the news, weather, traffic, sports, and a good time, too, on 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
0: All right, 525, San Antonio's News Talk Station, KTSA, Jack Riccardi Show. We're here live Monday through Friday from 4 to 7. We take on whatever's happening in the news and in our lives, and we kick it around a little bit. You can also get the show as a podcast on demand when and where you want it. Just go to ktsa.com or look for the Jack Riccardi Show, other places you like to get podcasts. And we, because there's so many people listening that way, not listening live, um, We set up the Jack Chat line for you. So if you want to call and have an opinion, leave a message for the show when you're listening to the podcast, or even if you're listening live and you just can't, you know, maybe it's not convenient to make the call or wait on hold, you can call the Jack Chat number. It's 210-599-5550. So it's just a little bit different from the live call-in number, 210-599-5550. And when you call that number, which is, again, open all the time, uh, you're prompted to leave your first name, your city, and your comment, and we will play those back from time to time. Uh, love getting those. Jack chat line two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty. That was a that was a great picture. Have you seen it of um, Wimbenyama with uh, Tim Duncan and David Robinson and Manu and uh, Sean Elliott? They all went to lunch somewhere. And um, would you like to have been a fly on the wall for that? I would love to have heard that conversation. Like, you know, just just imagine being somewhere and you, like, look over and these guys are all at one table. So, you know what's impressed me? I don't know anything about anything with this guy, but uh, he seems to be very poised. He's handled all this attention, all of this Wemby mania. So far, the guy really, for 19... He has poise that I think a lot of guys older than him in professional sports don't have. I don't know if it's humility or good parenting or what it is, but i'm I'm really liking the way he is dealing with this you know adulation and attention and he just looks very at home with all this. I watched the draft some of it the other night, and it's interesting to watch these guys you You could almost see some of them. Are gonna have to do some growing up, you know. Like they're the best of the best in college basketball. They're the top picks. They're the first night picks. But some of them looked really immature or kind of full of themselves. And, and I, you know, I get it. The swagger is part of it, and and so forth. But he really look. He seems old beyond his years, and just the way he kind of has has dealt with this. I don't know if you've noticed that, but. 210 uh, 599 We're talking with Jed Babin about what seems to have happened, and is it over uh, in Russia this weekend? Was it a coup? Was it a, mu- a mutiny? Uh, and uh, w- where do we go from here? And Christopher is on the Jack Riccardi Show. Hi, Christopher.
2: Yeah. Hey, dude. Um, I was I was going to tell you what was actually happening between Fogter and Putin. Uh, do you know what an open secret
0: is? I'm sorry. Can you just speak up a little bit, Christopher? I'm having a little trouble uh, hearing you. You're going to tell me what's really going on. What 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 is really going on?
2: Okay. Do you, uh, you know what an open secret is?
0: Do I know what an open well? I know what those words mean. Yeah.
2: It's a uh, something that's supposed to be a secret. It's in the public domain already.
0: Okay. And the government okay.
2: is trying desperately to make you believe otherwise.
0: Yeah, I think, the, I think there's a lot of that going on.
2: Well, there, there really there wasn't any coup. The thing is that Goshen was getting, he was frustrated with his boss because mm-hmm. Putin is holding back. He's, he hasn't really brought out his military.
0: Mm-hmm.
8: Yeah, right, I read, I, I read that. I read
0: that Progoshin thinks that he's getting a lot of men killed and not uh prosecuting the war efficiently or effectively. I've I've heard that. Yeah, Why do you yeah, say you don't yeah. think it was a, a coup? What do you think it was then?
2: Well, Prigozhin was just trying to give Putin a message. He he's still very loyal to his boss. And mm. and this was an attempt <clears throat> Sent mm-hmm. by this by the Central Intelligence Agency to stir something up that mm-hmm. never happened.
0: When you say to stir something up, do you mean that it's being misreported, or do you mean that we were involved in whatever was actually happening over there this weekend?
2: Um, I'm, I'm trying. I'm trying to say that uh, the CIA was involved and they were trying to uh Mm -hmm. make it into something more than it was yeah but but well i don't even know
0: if you need the cia for that christopher because frankly i think cnn was trying to make more of it than it really was i think the i think the democrats are trying to make more of it than it really was and i i don't i don't think it's it's pretty obvious you said open secret it's pretty obvious that a lot of people uh, in this country and in Europe, want a NATO versus Russia war? They want this widened out, right? Um, they
2: want it. They want it widened out. What does that mean?
0: Well, when you listen to—I forget his name—but I've been reading some of the remarks from the the defense minister in in Britain, they and 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 some of the guys in the EU, they are very uh, eager to see this war. Um, eventually be a NATO versus Russia in defense of Ukraine war. That's why there's talk about making Ukraine a part of NATO. That's why they've added member nations to NATO. I I believe there are people that want a wider W-I-D-E-R conflict. They don't just want to send weapons to Ukraine and have Ukraine use those weapons. I think they want NATO to be at war with Russia. And I can't prove that, just as you you can't prove that it's an open secret. But that's just how it looks to me, and that's why I don't really trust what we're getting from our media about what happened this weekend. And it sounds like you don't trust it either.
2: Well, uh, what what you said what you said is true. Prigozhin he uh, he wants this thing to be over because he's tired of fighting. He's tired of fighting, and he wants Putin to actually give him more military support, because Wagner's not the real Russian military.
0: So if that was true, why would he now be in exile um, instead of at the right hand of Putin?
2: Um, Exile? I haven't heard about that.
0: Yeah, he's he's in another country. Okay, Christopher, i got to hold you there. I appreciate your call, sir. Thank you. Uh, 210-599-5555. We'll update KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Your calls as we continue here on KTSA.
1: The only woman who's going to listen to you. Tell your smart speaker to stream KTSA. This is News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
0: Donald in Bernie writes to Jack at KTSA.com. How tall is Wimby? He's so tall in that picture that Manu looked like Jose Altuve. And yes, he does seem very poised and mature for his age. Donald, thank you. Uh, Marie in Hollywood Park writes to Jack at KTSA.com. You yelled at James last hour, and that's why he hung up. I'm trying to remember. James, I think, was the call right before the end of the hour who called about corruption and investigating it. Did I yell at him? I think he asked, well, why aren't they investigating or why aren't there investigations and and my answer is, well, that's kind of our problem i mean if if there's a spot of rot on an apple, you can carve it out and eat the rest of the apple. If the whole thing is rotten where do you where do you cut so how do you investigate when you have to ask corrupt agencies to do the investigating and refer it to a Prosecutor who works for another corrupt office or agency. I mean, I, I, that's our that's our dilemma right now, and there's no simple answer to that. Um, we're not looking at a spot here and a spot there. S- political scandal today is not the exception; it's the rule. And there is not a impartial referee on the field who's you know calling them against both teams. Like when you watch a a sporting event, you presume that the Zebra, the the ref, the official, the umpire is calling him on both teams. But every ref in this game works for one team or the other, period. One side or the other. 210-599-5555. You can also email me jack at ktsa.com. Listen to this. The Attorney General of Minnesota, who's a big-time lefty named Keith Ellison, has written a letter to the CEO of Target threatening to use the powers of his office to force Target to keep the pride displays in the stores. Remember, we had the story. This has been playing out over weeks. Target came out with all this stuff. You know, the gender affirming, transgender, the tuck friendly swimwear, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. There was a big backlash from the public. Target quietly, privately told its stores to take down the displays. Some stores had already done it. Other stores moved it to a less prominent display or just put it in with the other merchandise. So there was the the decision, there was the reaction to it. Um And then there was the reaction to the reaction, which was that some LGBT activists began threatening Target, Target stores, even Target employees, just the poor people that work there. You know, like, where where are the tuck bathing suits? And now comes Keith Ellison saying, I will use my power to force you to have these pride displays. What power? What power? I mean, I'm not a lawyer, but how in the world could the state of Minnesota order a target to craft a display or give them orders on how to display or how prominently to display? How can they even require a store to carry one item over another? To me, this is big-time bluster. This is just Showboating. But, in order to prove that, Target or any company so targeted, pardon the pun, would have to stand up for itself, would have to say no. In fact, hell no. Okay, we make the decisions, we don't let other people tell us, boss us around, order us, intimidate us into what we put on the shelves. But the problem with that is, we already know they do. Target has pretty much signaled, the, the company, that they will blow with the wind. They will they will give in to this and then give in to that and then over to this side and then back over. It's like the thing with the L.A. Dodgers and the nuns. That's already happened. That Pride night was last week. But it's the same thing. They Once you signal that you will give in to um, pressure, it's not your company anymore. And it wasn't just the Attorney General of Minnesota. When he wrote the letter, he got the AGs from a number of other states uh, to sign on to it. So they're telling Target, you better put the stuff back. You know, I wonder if this would even have been possible, imaginable, before COVID. I mean, before 2020, it was pretty much unheard of for elected officials to believe they had a uh, a seat at the table in running private companies. Don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. I know what you're saying. You're looking at the radio like, what? I, I know they regulated them. I know they acted like they knew your business better than you know it. I, I, I realize all that. But there was a, an exponential expansion of that with COVID. You had governors and local officials telling stores which Products they could sell, and remember they had to rope off certain aisles, telling them about the arrows and the paint you know the directional arrows and the aisles, and basically and, and a lot of us were saying at the time, once we cross this bridge, we're never coming back from it. once you let them in and you establish the precedent that in an emergency, politicians. Can run your business, can can govern your business decisions. Once you, once they have that a taste of that, and have established a precedent for that, there's no coming back from it. And I would draw a line right from that, right from governors like Whitmer in Michigan and Cuomo in New York, to this letter from Keith Ellison. Um, it's it's the same thing. We, we, we sense an emergency. We sense a problem. We will tell you what to do, or else, and you might think when you hear stories like this that well peop everybody will see that that 's overreach, and everybody will recognize that that's that 's going too far but you know, I saw an interesting survey, and i don 't think this is this isn 't exactly a, a a bombshell, but there was an interesting survey, and they were asking people this. It was a set of numbers going back to, I think, the 1980s or 90s. And it was periodically asking groups of Republicans, people who identify as Republicans and people who identify as Democrats, about whether or not government should do more, should take more action in, in society or to solve society's problems, something like that. That was roughly the wording of it. And consistently, over many, many years, over decades, the percentage of Republicans who said yes to that was was like between 15 and 20%. But consistently, over decades, the percentage of Democrats who said yes to that kept going up. Like it started in the 50s and now it's in the 80s, or it started in the 60s and now it's in the 80s. So there is a a divide where some Americans will hear the Keith Ellison story and think, no way, he can't do that, or how dare he, or, you know. And, and others will hear it and think, finally, what we need, the solution to these dilemmas, whether it's the Dodgers Pride Night, whether it's the the displays at Target stores, what we need is action by the government. The government needs to come in and fix that. That's a big vision thing, big divide, or, or divide, you know, two different competing visions that can't coexist. If we as Americans don't agree, red and blue, that when you own a business, you own a business, we're going to have a hard time solving a lot of these problems, right? Because that's kind of the basic underpinning of where does government's power end and my rights begin. 210-599-5555. Update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. More of your calls coming up on 550 and 1071 KTSA. When you remodel, as you probably know if you've ever done it, you hire a company, but you're really hiring a bunch of moving parts and there's a bunch of other players that that company then has to depend on, right, to supply the materials for your remodel, or they might contract out certain parts of your remodel. But a kitchen designs by Giovanni they have intentionally limited the number of moving parts. So they build their own solid wood custom cabinetry for all their remodels right here in San Antonio. They manufacture all the countertops for the kitchen or the bathroom so they don't have to outsource that. They don't have to send you to somebody else to get a a countertop, nor do they have to send your countertop to somebody else to cut it and manufacture it for your space. They do all that. And that gives you reliability, means that the the project stays on schedule. It means there are fewer moving parts. It means that there's less expense. You're, you're cutting out all the middlemen that other remodelers use. Kitchen Designs by Giovanni, is just it's just easier to do it with them. Kitchens and bathrooms are what they do, and you can start your consultation, your design project at 210-460-0113, 210 460 0113 or go to kitchen designs by Giovanni.com.
5: Today's JR poll at KTSA.com is powered by River City Oral Surgery.
1: Republican, Democrat,
3: Independent,
1: San Antonio's Party Station. News Talk 550, KTSA, and FM 1071. <laughs>
0: 553 fifty one, zero seven one, 1071 ktsa So the attorney general of the state of Minnesota writes a letter to the CEO of Target threatening him. Everybody's threatening Target, right? Everybody's man at Target. Uh, threatening him uh, with the powers of his office if Target does not keep Pride merchandise displayed prominently in their stores. Target is headquartered in Minnesota. Um, it, it it does seem to me like um first of all target invited all this with their initial decision and when you enter the culture wars you know you, you're at war uh it, it's amazing to me how many of these companies don't seem to appreciate that they think they can make a move it will only draw applause or affirmation from whoever they were trying to you know cater to or suck up to and everybody else will just hold their fire, but you're you're on the battlefield. You know, you're fair game. One minute you were just a store everybody went to when they needed something. Oh, I'm gonna run over to Target. You need anything? Next minute you're like an avatar for the culture war. You did that to yourselves. Bud Light. What can be more ubiquitous than Bud Light? Everywhere you ever went in the summer there was Bud Light. They did that to themselves. They can't be mad at anybody. They did it to themselves. So Target put themselves in this position. Then they, you know, retreated under fire from their customers. Said, I didn't know you were going to do this to me. I didn't know you were going to, you know, I was going to walk into your store and be confronted with this nonsense. And then when they retreated, they got bomb threats and their associates, store associates were, I guess, mistreated, which is wrong. And so they're they're flip-flopping around, and then this guy comes along and says, I've got the power to make you do it, which he doesn't. Rodney writes to Jack at KTSA.com, remember the Christian baker who refused to bake a cake? I think it was a same-sex couple, right? Uh, that went against his religious convictions. He had to fight like crazy too. This was just before COVID. This is when things began to get a little funky. When COVID came along, it threw it into high gear. Yeah, I think the difference, Rodney, is that the the cake baker was litigated by the couple that wouldn't that that he couldn't get you know bake the cake for. And there was a there was an agency in in Colorado. Was, I forget what it was called, but it was some sort of human rights commission or something maybe that's what it was called but that is still americans suing americans taking their dispute to court and having it resolved there i think that is different i'm going to i'm going to differ with you a little bit rodney because i think that is different from governors and attorneys general thinking they can just dash off a memo as if they are executives. They're not only public figures, they're also executives in any company they choose to be executives in at any moment. I mean, last time I checked, Minneapolis-St. Paul was in the grip of a crime wave. I would think if you were the Attorney General of your, of that state, that would be preoccupying your time. You would not have time to sit on the board of directors of Target. But, but this is where we are. And COVID was the was the moment when these Pauls, most of whom have never run a lemonade stand, much less a, a big business, all of a sudden they got a taste of emergency powers. And you knew. I mean, you knew at the time. A lot of people said it. This won't just be for emergencies, and it's not. 210-599-5555. This has been going viral, this piece of audio. This is from the uh, Pride, one of the Pride events this past weekend in New York City. Listen to the chant... Of this crowd, cut number three. Listen to this. I don't know if you could hear it or not. They were saying, We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. And then the next refrain was, We're here, we're queer, we're not going shopping. We're here, we're queer, we're coming for your children. Um, And there was actually, the, at one of the events, there was a speech where the speaker was saying, what we mean by that is we are going to um, make your children tolerant and fair if you will not do that. And I have to tell you, um, I, I say this a lot, and I get a lot of heat for it. I, I don't think that is the the viewpoint or the ambition of most gay people. So I keep waiting. I'm I'm still waiting for people to say, "Hey, wait a minute! They don't speak for us. We're we're not interested in your children." That needs to be said. Just in in the same way that that women need to speak up about women's sports. It can't just be guys on talk radio or Fox News. And it isn't, right? Women are starting to speak up. The, the people who are gay but are not part of the scene or the quote unquote community need to. I, I can't say need. It's not my place to tell them what to do. It would be helpful if they would say, hey, that's not, they don't speak for us. I think we will hear that. I keep hoping we will. We've got the news. We're going to hear that. And then our conversation will continue.
3: Now back to the Jack Riccardi show.
0: All right, Tom, thank you. Uh, 607 on San Antonio's 550 and 1071 KTSA. Later in the hour, we'll have the results on today's River City Oral Surgery JR. poll. Uh, we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about um, the, uh, the whole deal that went on over the weekend with uh, Russia. And was there a coup? Was there a mutiny? Was it none of the above? H- how do you feel about the reporting on not only the events of this weekend, but just the the, the fighting between Russia and Ukraine. I mean, do you trust what you're getting from the main media, the mainstream media? Do you find yourself seeking out, because I know I did. I was on Twitter and I was following some different feeds and just sort of trying to get, not that I was saying, oh, I'm going to believe everything this person puts out, but just trying to get some different angles and perspectives um, that don't feel like this whole thing is a scripted, prearranged, you know, military-industrial complex uh, kind of thing. It just has that feel to it, and I think a lot of us are feeling now the way, for example, JFK felt when he was getting updates on Vietnam. You know, his he he he, he comes into office, he tries Bay of Pigs with Cuba, which was on the shelf from the Eisenhower administration. It's a disaster. He owns it, even though it wasn't his plan. He vows never to listen to the people that advised him to do it again. Now they're advising him to escalate in Vietnam, and he's saying, I don't know if I can believe this. I don't trust the people. He sends his own people over there, look around, tell me what you see. They come back. They report to him a very different situation on the ground with South Vietnam than what the CIA is telling him and the State Department is telling him and the think tanks are telling them. And in 1963, he's signaling, hey, we may have to blow this thing up and start over again, and then he's dead. And when I look at the cheerleading for war with Russia to the total ignorance of what China is doing, I feel like we're being manipulated. I mean, if that sounds crazy to you, you can tell me that. But that's what it looks like. And how do you feel about it? 210-599-5555. I want to play for you. This is a a montage of reporters on Friday. You know, the the White House press briefing is so close to the start of our show that a lot of times I don't get to follow it right before I go on the air. So I didn't hear this on Friday, and I heard it today. This was from Friday, and it's reporters asking Corinne Jean-Pierre, very aggressively um, about what is going on with Joe and Hunter. And I want you to hear this because where has this been? Where has this level of interest and won't take no for an answer been? Cut number two. Listen to this.
8: His son Hunter to the state dinner last night. Um, I'm wondering if you could take us into the thinking and decision making of why uh, the president decided to. I, him.
4: I'm just not going to get into family discussion, personal family discussion. As you know, Hunter is his son. I'm just not going to get into. Let me ask
8: you this: If Hunter Biden wasn't the president's son, one who had just reached a plea agreement with federal prosecutors, well, a, cou-
4: a couple of things. Again, that's his son. It's a he's a family member. It is not uncommon for family members to attend. Uh, events at the White House. We could look at past presidents. I'm sure you have. So that is not uncommon. Uh, as it relates to anything uh, uh, related to uh, to Hunter, I'm just not going to respond to it from here.
9: Okay. Can I follow up on so that? Can can ca- I just
4: called in somebody. Go ahead. Yeah.
8: So, but,
9: I mean, so Curly wouldn't answer James's question, though. Are you going to answer the question? Not a reasonable question to ask, for the President of the United States was involved, as this message seems to suggest in some sort of a coercive conversation for business dealings by his son. Is that something, if he wasn't, then maybe you should tell us So
4: here's it. the thing, I, and I appreciate the question. I believe my colleague uh, at the White House Council uh, has answered this question already, has dealt with this, has uh, uh, made it very clear. I just don't have anything to share outside of m- what my colleagues have shared, uh, and so I would refer you to him and the, D- and the DOJ. Just not going to comment from here. I will. All, what I can tell you is I know that my colleague has dealt with this. He he uh, addressed this at the White House Council. I just don't have anything else to share. I just, just answered the ask question. I just answered the
6: question. Yes or no, was the president involved in the shakedown
4: attacks? Stephen? Stephen? I just answered the question. I just said, I just... This is, it's not up to you how I answer the question. I just answer the question by telling you my colleagues at the White House Council has dealt with this and I would refer you to them. Go ahead.
8: Can you just remind us
6: what your colleague said from the White House Council so we have
4: it. <laughs> I, I, would, I would refer you to them and they will share their statement with you all. My of question
8: you. is is about your statements mentioned? from that podium. you stated. That the president stands by his comment from the 2020 campaign that he never once discussed his son's overseas business dealings with his son and you stood at that podium and you reaffirmed that do you stand by your reaction what I
4: will say is nothing has changed nothing has changed and I will leave it there anything else I will refer you to the White House counsel
9: I just answered the question. You
4: ask, you just asked me. Do does my statement change? I just told you nothing has changed. There's That's answering the, the question. Go ahead. The go ahead.
2: The go ahead, ahead. ahead. Stephen.
4: I'm calling on your colleague. Right no matter who she
0: calls on, they ask her the same question.
2: Follow up
4: on um, my colleague. Is there anything that
6: you can say with regard to this text message and what the president's son was alleging? Was the president there or not?
4: I would refer you to my. Colleagues mm. at the White House Council. they have addressed this, and I refer you to them. Go ahead, agree.
5: Have you spoken to the president about this? Have you asked him whether he was there with his son on July thirtieth? This
4: is not a conversation that I've had with the president. Again, I would refer you to the White House Council. Do you plan to Have that conversation no.
5: with the president. No. Did the president speak with the Attorney General at all? I can't.
4: Night? I. I I cannot say uh, if the president uh, had had a conversation with the attorney general last night. What I can refer you to is the White House Counsel's Office as it relates to the uh, allegations. Uh, They've already addressed this. This is something for them to deal with. I refer you to the Department of Justice on anything else if you don't want to speak to the White House Counsel's Office.
0: That's about three and a half minutes of them doing their job. It should be like that all the time. And... I'm not focused on, I mean, clearly her her answers are are awful, and she's just terrible at this. She's probably a nice person, but she's she's just really bad at this. But um, that doggedness that each reporter she calls on says, hey, you didn't answer Susie's question. You didn't answer James's question. I want to follow up on Fred's question. That is what they're supposed to do. There was an interesting change in the language, I noticed. They put out a statement either Friday or Saturday at the White House when they were uh, asked about the the whistleblower transcripts that we talked about on Friday. And this was not a, a, a person at the podium. This was a written statement. It said, as we have said many times before, the president was not in business with his son. Now, remember, they always used to say, He never discussed business with Hunter. Hunter never discussed business with his dad. That's a subtle change. The president was not in business with his son. Maybe it's just wording, but that to me sounded like the beginning of a new uh, way they're going to talk about this. Because there may come a point, you know, there may come a point where they stop denying that Hunter did anything wrong, right? Like right now, that's been the position. My son did nothing wrong. He's done. I'm totally proud of him. He's done nothing wrong. He's never done anything wrong. Smartest guy I know, says Joe Biden. It, at some point, they may have to say, okay, whatever he did, we weren't involved with it. And remember, Hunter's lawyer has already pointed out the path forward, because he is saying, well, this was a man on drugs. This was a man in the midst of addiction. That that WhatsApp message that we read on Friday about, hey, Z, you better get with it, and I'm I'm, I'm threatening you, and I'm sitting right here with my dad. The, the lawyer for Hunter is saying, well, that was just a guy on drugs. That was a guy that was in the grip of a terrible addiction, and you've got to understand, and you've got to take that into account. And don't discount, we live in a victim, a victimology culture right like if you can convince people that you are a a member of a victim group all the rules are different right all the rules are changed that's why back when oprah winfrey had a, a television talk show that was the number one rated daytime talk show years ago celebrities lined up to come on oprah and reveal their victimhood, their their status as victims of this. I wasn't hugged as a child. I'm an alcoholic. I was, a beaten. I was what, because they were looking for a break, they were looking for um, an entree into greater sympathy and latitude, which victimhood in our culture gives you. In a in a culture of strength, you would not want to be known as a victim. You might even say victimhood had a stigma attached to it. But in our culture, victimhood has honor attached to it. It's bragging rights. You put it on your resume. I'm not saying you do that, but you know what I mean, right? So uh, one way they go forward with this is Hunter is the world's most famous recovering drug addict, and you people need to back off. The other way you go forward is, hey, you know, um, we, meaning the president, we were not involved in his... Business. Just watch that. That might be that might be just a turn of a phrase, or they may be starting to shift. We've got um, an update on KTSA Time Saver Traffic. Your calls as well 210 599 5555
1: at KTSA. Get smart with your smart speaker. Watch that tone with me, Buster. Just tell your smart speaker to play KTSA. Now
6: streaming on your Amazon Echo.
1: I'm a searcher, searcher.
0: 623, fifty one zero seven one 1071, KTSA. Is um are you a pickleball player? Do you play pickleball? Is pickleball killing tennis? I've been reading lately where people are saying pickleball is killing tennis. It, courts are being converted. Uh people are going in for this pickleball which is very low impact and kind of slow and easy people who play pickleball barely move and tennis is a workout it's a sport it's got a long history it's uh it's it's you know i i mean to play tennis is to be very physical you know to work up a sweat to use every muscle in your body pickleball is like you're standing on the ping pong table playing ping pong only it's even slower than ping pong and it is true and you look around if you have noticed this that pickleball is taking over like spaces that used to be used for tennis used to be used for basketball if you go to a gym they're 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 commandeering courts they're painting them over for pickleball now i have no horse in this race cuz i don't play it i don't care about it i'm not going to play it I'm not picking on you if you do play it. But that would be that would be a shame if it's if it's actually if if this is taking over for actual sports that are a workout, that would almost be like like a, a symbol of of society itself. Like we, we used to play tennis and work up a sweat and now we're playing pickleball. Is that what's happening? 210 599 I had a lot of, when I brought this up a while back, I had a lot of people um, say, yeah, I've, I've noticed uh, the tennis courts are disappearing, the basketball courts at gyms and health clubs are disappearing, and pickleball is spreading. And I know where I work out, they have a lot of pickleball. And it's funny because you'll hear the people that play it talking about it. And they talk about it like they are playing a very physical competitive sport. They've got they're talking about strategy and what a workout. And I've watched it's not that physical. It's pretty mellow yellow. It's very you don't move around a lot. It's a wiffle ball, it's pretty slow, you know. I mean I guess you could hurt yourself playing pickleball, I guess, but I guess you could you probably hurt yourself playing chess. I mean, I don't know. Um, there was a um, complaint recently. Uh, Elon Musk uh, wrote recently that pickleball will crush tennis in the near future. Um, to which one of his employees wrote, Pickleball is the biggest blight in the history of sports. Stop hijacking tennis courts, you bastards. <laughs> um, Musk says that um, pickleball is more convenient. A lot more people can play it. Yeah, that's true. It's more accessible. I mean, I'm sure a lot of the people playing pickleball used to play tennis, but I'll bet a lot of them also have never played tennis. I talked to a guy I know that uh, plays tennis competitively. Uh, he's the son of a friend of mine. He plays at his college for the team. And, um, yeah, he was saying that the, the, the tennis players think pickleball is a joke. You know, they, they'll they do it if, it if they're, like, somewhere where it's being played, but they don't regard it as on a level with or on the par with tennis. And yet, correct me if I'm wrong, I think there are, like, pickleball professional leagues, and they have sponsors and stuff? I think they do, right? Is it the biggest blight in the history of sports? 210 599 I I will say, when I first heard about it, it's like all of a sudden it was everywhere. Pickleball. And I'd never heard of it. I didn't know what it was. I literally didn't know if it involved pickles or, you know, so when I Googled it, I found out that it was invented in the, I think, the 1950s or 60s in California. It, it, but people talk about it like it's always been part of our lives. It's that Mandela thing, right, where we pretend, oh, everyone's all, it's, it's like when Joe Biden claims he's been pro-gay marriage since the 1940s, you know. Oh, yeah, pickleball, I knew about that. No, you didn't. It, it, it exploded, like, just a few years ago. It, yes, it did exist, but it was not widely known. It wasn't being played. I remember there was a restaurant here, there still is, called Chicken and Pickle over by UTSA. That was the first time I'd heard of it. And honestly, I thought it was something that was just invented like to be done at that restaurant. Like that was their gimmick. And then I found out, no, the people are playing it all over. And I know I'm probably offending people, and I am I don't mean to, I mean... Whatever makes you happy. My only contention would be if we're replacing basketball courts and tennis courts with pickleball courts, then we're replacing places where people play real competitive games with something that isn't. I mean, it's recreational, I'll give you that. But, you know, you're not going to pickleball your way back to better health or, you know what I'm saying? 210-599-5555 Andy Roddick the former tennis great uh says um he enjoys it um but it's not like tennis lacks and speed and um so he says you know just don't don't think that one is like the other but yeah, they have like the wiffle paddle, the Whiffle uh, ball and the little paddle that looks like a ping-pong paddle. And the serious people, they're like all geared up. they have like, they have like equipment bags and pickleball uh, sneakers and um, have like elbow and, and knee pads, some of them. I've never seen anyone go down. I've never seen anyone like dive to the deck in pickleball. I've never seen that. I don't think, it, I don't think that happens, but they're ready in case they have to. They've got all the equipment. So it's, as they say, a free country. Pickleball. 210-599-5555. Update on KTSA Time Saver traffic right here. Pretty funny emails about Pickleball. Uh, this guy says I'm an ageist. <laughs> I'm being ageist. Um, a couple of people have pointed out, and I'm sure this is true, that uh, Pickleball is what they have defaulted to because injuries have made it hard for them to play tennis. I, You, you did hear me say, right, I'm not, I'm not against it and I'm not trying to stop it. I know there are people who are. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying it's it's not on the level of tennis. It's not that kind of a sport. Pickleball is like cornhole or horseshoes. It's an activity. I would call it a sport. Uh, David is on 210-599-5555. David, good afternoon. You know,
8: surprising that you brought up cornhole. There's
3: actually a professional cornhole league with a tour. They, yeah, I've seen it.
0: Uh, I've seen it on espn too. yeah.
3: And then there's tech
5: ball, which is essentially ping pong with a soccer ball with your feet on the beach as a professional league.
8: So nothing really surprises me anymore, but, I mean, if they're able to get enough viewers or sponsors,
0: more power to them. Well, I mean, if you're adding things to the list of activities, that's great. If you're replacing a space where people were getting a workout with a space that people are now playing pickleball, I think that's a downgrade. You know what I mean? That's less fitness. That's less activity. So I'm not, I'm not, I mean, there are all those things you named, it's a free country. Do whatever makes you happy. I'm great with that. But if you're playing croquet in the backyard, that doesn't mean you're on the PGA Tour, you know? And
8: the great thing about the basketball court is all you need is a ball and a bunch of people to get out there and play.
0: Yeah, yeah. But I guess we're we're an aging population, so pickleball is our <laughs> pickleball is apparently our future. Uh, don't don't tell the Chinese. I think I think we should be worried. 210 Two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five. No, I, I hate to see it, I, and I don't. When I go to the gym, I'm not there to play basketball, so it's not like I, I'm biased. But I hate to see the basketball guys displaced by the pickleball. I think that is I think that is unfortunate. But if they want to add pickleball or space for it, that's go ahead. I mean whatever you gotta you gotta cater to what people want and apparently pickleball is is what they want. Scott is on the radio. Hi Scott. Hey, how's it going? So, so what do you um, think about pickleball, Scott?
9: So I just recently got into it and uh it's really, really fun. And um uh, I think one of the things that makes it so popular is that it's just so accessible. To uh, different people, of, like all mm-hmm. ages, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and um, what got the, you into uh, it? How did court, you How did you get into big... it in
0: the first place?
9: I went with uh, some family to uh, Chicken and Pickle
0: mm-hmm.
9: uh, in San Antonio, mm-hmm. and it's it's as athletic as you want to make it. I mean, for the I've seen older populations play it. You know, like eighty year olds, they don't move, but they right. can still do it. Mm-hmm. and then i 've seen younger kids that are like, "You know you have your little spot, but they 're all over the place, and so I think mm-hmm. it 's accessible and allows a wide range of people to do it mm-hmm. and I think that 's why it 's so popular
3: mm-hmm. and I
9: was going to say the court size is about the fourth of like a well, yeah, I think you can get like four different courts on one tennis court
0: yeah and so you don 't think don't know, though think that if we 're painting really over tennis, tennis courts people... if we 're if we 're replacing tennis courts with Pickleball courts—that is definitely a fitness downgrade, isn't it?
9: Possibly, but like I said, there's some people. There are some people that, if you got up there, and I mean, it's fast pace for the higher level people. It is a really, really fast pace, and you well, have. Come on, to Scott. Have... It's a
0: wiffle ball. It doesn't it go that fast. No, I, I mean, I played all it, my life with in, a wiffle ball.
9: You probably play probably, I don't know, like ten feet maybe across from each other, and they're hitting it as hard as they possibly can, it's, for the higher level people, I mean, it is,
4: Mm.
9: it's, I don't know, you have to be pretty athletic, have a lot of hand eye coordination for it, I'm not like that, but I've seen mm. people do that. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. Maybe I haven't, maybe I haven't seen it played the way you have, but uh, the the games I've seen are not, are not, uh, are not that fast, I haven't seen anybody like dive for it or anything, but. Uh, but hey i'm a, whatever people have you know want to do the, that they have fun i'm always uh, in favor of that i'm all good with that look if you're if you're doing nothing okay if you're doing nothing if you're sitting on the couch and you're watching the tube and you're doing nothing then pickleball's great i mean you're moving around you're up you're standing up that's all good what i'm saying is and what people have started to notice is when you look around the country it, the um this activity i can't even call it a sport this activity is taking over space that was for, like, basketball or half-court basketball or tennis. Now, if there just aren't people playing those anymore, then that's, you know, that's evolution. But if we're actually, like, driving the basketball players away and we're telling the tennis players, say, too, too bad, tough luck, That to me, that's a fitness downgrade. That's not as athletic that's not as much of a workout that's all i'm saying i mean backyard games are fun we should have them but and i know there's professional everything there's professional badminton there's prof- there's prof- there's probably there's probably professional you know checker playing i'm sure but but they're not all the same that's all i'm saying roger is on the radio on ktsa jack riccardi show hi roger
8: hey how are y'all doing good Uh, I uh, moved to Bainbridge Island in 1988. I was a nuclear submarine officer. And one of the guys on my block had built a Pickleball court, And that's where it started in Bainbridge Island, which was across – it's across a ferry ride across from Seattle back in like 65 or so. And these three dads were looking for something for their kids to do.
0: Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm.
8: one one of them had a dog named Pickle. He used to chase Mm -hmm. the ball around, and that's where the name came from. Right. But um, and we started playing it. And I was a pretty good basketball player, and it's a real quick cut kind of um, mini tennis kind of. Thing. I mean, it's not,
0: mm-hmm. it's not like tennis. Wait but, a minute, Roger. But, hold on. You had me yeah. until you said it's kind of like quick cut tennis. No, no, it's not.
8: Well, if it is, have you, have you, if you've seen people play it at a at a fairly decent level, it yeah, it is. It is a good sport to hold a beer in one hand with. I'll, I'll give you that. <laughs> but. <laughs> but but you still have to you still have to move around, and if you people can lob well and things like yeah. that, you're yeah. on a smaller yeah. space, but it's, it's a lot of movement. So um, but, uh, it, no, it's, it's
0: not so as well much of a workout as the fun. sports. It's it's not as much of a workout as the sports it's replacing. That's that's my point.
8: Oh, I'd, ag- I'd agree. i agree. And our tennis courts where we live now, they took one of the courts and cut it up and in, to somebody said four pickleball things, and they're they're pretty uh, booked most of the time. Yeah. So. No, it's
0: very hot right now very hot right now let's yeah. let's hope people get it out of their system and get back to tennis but uh
8: it, it's it's well beyond but it's well beyond cornhole and things like that you actually have to move You maybe
0: far. i've seen i've seen uh people stand pretty stationary and it, it doesn't look like it doesn't look like it's i, I wouldn't compare it to tennis but um no, I, yeah, I, you gotta I move I didn't with didn't cornhole don't you don't you have to bend over and pick up your your uh you know your uh beanbag afterwards
8: yeah and your beer and your beer and so
0: your beer 35. that's right that's right, there you go, all right, Roger, thank you two ten five nine nine fifty five fifty five yeah i mean it's it, the 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 crux of it is if we were just adding something that people that couldn't get into tennis could do like oh i'm i'm i can't play tennis I, i'm not in the physical shape or I have bad knees or bad ankles, so we're going to have this thing over here. that would be one thing what people are noticing and i've noticed it too is it's it's displacing sports that if we're already a a society that's falling out of shape if we're already a society with increasing amounts of overweight and bad health habits and the effects of that it just it, it almost like kind of like symbolizes where we're going you know like i I think of that movie Wall E, you know that that Pixar movie where the people have forgotten how to walk and they're just in those chairs all the time. <laughs> it seems like pickleball is a is a step on that journey. That's all I'm saying. That's 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 my only point. Uh Pam is on KTSA. Hi, Pam.
6: Hi, how are you? I just wanted to let you know I had the exact same impression you do. We were traveling, we saw these people playing this silly mm-hmm. game called pickleball and we Mm. like well that looks goofy and and low grade and not much of a Mm. workout um so i would suggest you go to one of the local pickleball places in san antonio ask if you can play a game with 30 or 3.5 players and they will you'll be amazed and Mm. you may change your mind about pickleball but i'm not yeah
0: i I, i've already made up my mind pam I've already made up my mind. But I, I, I appreciate what you're trying to do. And, I, and I'm and i not, yeah, I hope you understand, I'm not trying to prevent anybody from playing it.
6: So, Well, I'm right right now driving by an abandoned tennis court. So, got yeah. weeds coming up, cracked pavement.
3: Yeah. So, yeah. anyway,
6: I'm just saying, I had the exact same impression you did until I tried it. And it's sort of like doing a triple sow cow in ice skating. It looks kind of easy <laughs> when you get it. <laughs>
0: First, the guy says it's like tennis, and now you're saying it's like doing a triple sow cow in figure skating. Pam, come on, Pam.
6: It's a lot. uh, It's a lot more than it looks. I'm I'm just saying, and I would, yeah. And I'm guessing if you go in with three, five players that are ten or twenty years older, or 4.0 players, if you want to try that, that's how they're rated. Give it a try, and then you know, Mm -hmm. get back to us. Let us know how Mm -hmm. it
0: went. Yeah, I'll get right on that.
6: All righty, thank you. All right,
0: Pam, thank you. Um, Elvis is on KTSA. Hi, Elvis.
6: Howdy.
9: Uh, I see a lot of abandoned tennis courts. I see some uh, basketball courts that aren't even being used. Yeah. And the one thing yeah. I haven't heard about the pickleball uh, tournaments, I haven't heard of any shootings in pickleball tournaments like I do in any yeah. other
0: basketball Well, there's that, a good argument for that's it, yeah. It, it doesn't have violence associated with it. That's, that's true. That's a good argument.
8: Nope. That's about it. So I'll, I'll take yeah. the pickleball.
0: So let's get the kids into pickleball. That's it. Okay. All right, Elvis. Thank you. Uh, we'll get to the results on the JR poll. See how you voted tonight on the question powered by River City Oral Surgery. You know, when I when I think about um, big decisions in life, I don't know how you are, but i like to I like to think about them. I like to take my time with them. I like to get. You know, tap into people that are smarter than me and know more about it than I do, and it's amazing to me that you can get a mortgage, you can apply for a mortgage on an app while you're just like sitting at a traffic light. I mean, that's a, it's a huge decision. I know it's I know the technology allows you to do it, but is that a good idea? And why would you do that when you could have the 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 experience and the brain power? of Helen's money team with Guild Mortgage, people that are mortgage bankers, people that have access to all the different kinds of mortgages, the ones you and I have never even heard of, because there's so many. When you call 210-403-0808, you're talking to people that have been in this business a long time, that have seen up markets and down markets, nothing that's happening right now is, is something they haven't seen before. They, they talk to you, they listen to you, they get a sense of where you are in your financial journey. An app can't do that, right? And then they recommend different kinds of mortgages. Again, some you may have heard of, some you may not have, that will fit your financial journey, where you're going. Whether you're a first-time home buyer, whether you're an empty nester, whether you're buying investment properties, whether you're a veteran, whether you're refinancing. Helen's Money Team with Guild Mortgage, 210-403-0808, or go to helensmoneyteam.com. Helen's Money Team with Guild Mortgage, equal housing lender, company NMLS number 3274.
1: Hey, it's Trey Ware. I'll have the latest news, traffic, and weather first thing tomorrow morning starting at 5 o'clock on News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071.
0: Probably lost myself the pickleball demographic today. Just chalk that one up. All right on the JR poll powered by River City Oral Surgery are you watching Tucker's Twitter show Tucker Carlson on Twitter he's done about 6 episodes now uh 61% say no 39% say yes well the new JR poll question tomorrow we get started live at 4 you can find it anytime at ktsa.com this is a very weird story this is from Indianapolis man has been arrested for armed robbery after allegedly robbing a woman at gunpoint then adding her on facebook and asking her out on a date and you and you thought you were rusty amber baron was checking her mail when damian boyce allegedly held her up with a gun robbing her of 100 dollars in cash baron then told her to search him on facebook and add him this is while he's holding a gun on her Search me on Facebook, add me. Boyce told Baran he would pay her back later before fleeing the scene on a bicycle. Strike two. Later, Baran received Facebook messages from Boyce telling her that he wanted to meet up with her. Look, just know I'm going to pay you back. It's an effing way to meet, but you was too pretty to rob, said one of Boyce's messages. For real, we have to meet up. Come chill with me. I swear, I'm not that type. Mm -hmm. Uh, Last week, Boyce was arrested for armed robbery, charged with possession of a handgun as a felon. He'd also been arrested the week prior for robbery and battery with a deadly weapon. He's accused of shooting two people and hitting another person with a brick in that incident. So really, Amber is fortunate that all he wanted to do was be friends with her. He tried to rob me of my things. Then he took away my sense of safety, Baron told WRTV TV. I don't think um, if you're on the dating scene or you're getting back into it or, you know, none of that, none of that's going to work for you, you know. Uh, Add me on Facebook at gunpoint, escape on a bicycle, just all of it, all of it. Back to the drawing uh, (laughs) drawing board. A town in Germany lost power last week, a village to be exact, and when they looked into why the power went out in this uh, little village in western Germany, they found that an ant colony had chosen a distribution box as their love nest. When ants go at it, They leave behind an acid that ate through the circuit boards and wiring so their sexual activity literally broke the internet. People went days uh, without uh, power and the internet because of these um, ants. And uh, I didn't know that about the acid. Did you know that? Did not know that. Um, the ants' typical mating period is in spring, but they think the ants were attracted by the temperature and the enclosed nature of the junction box. So that's what caused that to happen. Um, it also defended them against natural enemies. They were safe in their love nest from would-be ant predators or you know other other people that would have scolded them. So, yeah, I mean, that's one more thing to worry about in this world. Um, Tomorrow we're live starting at 4, and don't forget you can get our show as an on-demand podcast. You can listen anytime, anywhere. Just look for The Jack Riccardi Show at KTSA.com or anywhere you like to get your other podcasts.